0: Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely, for any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergera.com. Oh man, give it up for Zach Kramer, the prophet of the house, what a legend. We love you, Zach, we love you. Can we give it up for Kayla one time? She's about to go to Africa tomorrow morning, and she's still up here faithful on the keys, holding it down my goodness oh well good morning are you glad to be in the house of God this morning oh no we clearly were not in the same worship service I said good morning are you glad to be found in the house of God this morning come on amen amen man I uh moments like this and I hope it's every moment but moments like this in particular when we're singing songs like break it open at the end there just I'm so aware of his love and his grace and his mercy for me and it is just an honor and a privilege that I get to pour out whatever I can bring to him, that I can just bring myself and he says, pour it out, break it open, just come to me. Is anybody else grateful that he put Jesus on a cross and made a way so we could go to him? Come on, then how about you praise him like you believe that this morning? Let's raise it up. Come on, he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. It's more than just a song that we sing. It's more than just Christianese. It's more than just a regional declaration. He emphatically is worthy. He's God. Think about it. Think about it. Elementary as it may be. You have a relationship with the author and finisher of not only your faith, but the creator of the universe. And he loves you. Praise him again. Shoot. Come on. Come on. He's worthy. We don't need to go another moment forward today. There's not another thing that I can say that would equip you any better than just you and I understanding today at the end of ourselves, he is worthy of it all. He is worthy of it all. Well, hey, most beautiful people between Madison, Roger B. Chaffee, and 32nd Street, can we get the lights on so I can see these beautiful people's faces? Hey, there you are. Wow. You're even better looking with the lights on. All right, there's some single fellas down here that just made laughs, and you need to repent. Anyways, uh... (laughs) But hey, yes, I'm Pastor Matt McClure, my beautiful wife and I, Adrienne. We get the honor and privilege of leading this amazing, amazing just band of Messiah's misfits, as Paul calls the the Corinthian church. I take that for us. We are the Messiah's misfits. So I got any misfits in the house? That the only place you fit in is in the kingdom of God, amen? Come on. We are misfit for this world, but we are children in this kingdom, amen? Well, this morning we are actually concluding our series, The Jesus People. I know, it's sad. 12 weeks, 12 weeks, I love it. It's actually, I think it's a record uh, for me, but uh, I'd be grateful if it went further, but I just feel the Lord doing some more things going into fall that I could not be more excited about. So this week is the conclusion of this 12-week series, and uh, man, I pray, it's a, I pray it's a good one. Has anybody loved The Jesus People series so far? Has anybody been challenged in The Jesus People series thus far? anybody been offended my hands up my hands up i've been offended at myself and the lord um but it's good it's good we said it last week mature christianity is when god can rebuke you and correct you and you say thank you thank you for loving me enough to put me back on the right track amen that's mature christianity and that's what we're interested in we've had enough babies we've had enough baby christianity let's grow together sound good Alright, well if you're taking notes this morning, on and around your seat, there's a, uh, there's a prayer journal that you can just uh, steal one of those guys and we won't uh, report you. Uh, but on and around your seat, should be the back of it. Hey, bust that open, take notes. Why? Because notes are great. Notes are great. I'm saying it, you're writing it down, you can go back and reflect on it, you can listen to the podcast. It all works in tandem together to build you in your most holy faith. Amen? So take notes. The title of my message today, are you ready? Confidence cries tears, and thrones. Confidence cries tears and thrones. C-C-T-T. Confidence cries tears and thrones. And before we go any further, would you for the last time recite the Jesus people prayer with me? We're going to throw it up on the Sky Bible. Just repeat after me. Say it with some conviction today. And uh, let's see what the Lord does. Sound good? All right. Father God, Father God build, your church, build your church that the gates of hell, the gates of hell would, not prevail, would not prevail against her. Against her. Give, us your heart, give us your heart. Give us your words. Give us your power. Create in us. Create, us, create, create in me. me. Create, in my neighbor, create in my neighbor a zeal for your house and a longing and a longing and a longing longing for your presence fill fill, purify and mark us make us like Jesus Set set us apart set us apart set us apart make us a holy nation make your presence known here Make your, Make your presence known here. Known. Make your presence, your presence known here. Known. Come on, somebody. Establish signs, Establish signs and wonders, and wonders among, and your among, your among your people. Pour out. Pour out. Pour out. 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 Y'all yeah, got any thirsty people for the Spirit of God in the place today? Say, pour out. Pour, pour, out. Out. pour, out, your pour out your Spirit upon us. Upon us. We will be. We will be, we will be your people. One more time. You will be, you will be, you will be be our God. We declare declare your kingdom come, your will be done in our city as it is in heaven. Let revival come. And all God's people said, Amen. Hey, man. Come on, somebody! Y'all ready for the Bible this morning? Y'all love your B I B L E? Is that the book for me? Come on! Well, certainly the book for you. I don't know. No. <laughs> Confidence, cries, tears, and thrones. We're coming out of Hebrews. I'm going to be hitting Hebrews four and Hebrews five, um, which might be a little different for some of us, but uh, it was all one letter, anyways. So me breaking it up and just continuing on. Ain't really that new, just new to us because we're so used to keeping things in chapters. But Hebrews 4, 11 through 16, and Hebrews 5, 1 through 10. Uh, if you don't have your Bibles, it'll be on the Sky Bible behind me. And if you could, would you guys just thank Kenny G and Adrian for holding it down in the booth for us? Come on, somebody, give honor where honor's due. All right, Hebrews 4, 11 through 16, and Hebrews 5, 1 through 10. If you're there, say I'm there. And if you need another minute, uh, catch up later. Okay. Verse 11. Here we go. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and it is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom... We must all give account. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in our help of need. Hebrews 5.1 For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. He He can deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated. To offer sacrifice for his own sins just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes the honor for himself but only when called by God just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made high priest but was appointed to him by who said to him you are my son and today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek in the days of his flesh. Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through that which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So we're going to pray. We're going to see what the Lord will do. Sound good? Fantastic. Well, Father God, we just thank you. We thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for everything that you're doing. Father, we are so grateful to have a relationship with you. Father, I just say right now on behalf of my entire generation, Father, we are so grateful to have a relationship with not just Jesus and not just the Holy Spirit, but with you, God, the Father. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to gather in this house, We thank you for the opportunity, God, to meet here in your presence where where your presence is so thick, your power is so tangible that you are alive and you are active in this house, God, and it is just tangible in this place, God. We can touch you. So Father, I ask that right now, through your Holy Spirit, would you just come? Would you come and would you mark sons and would you mark daughters and would you mark us to be a kingdom-minded people, God? We want to leave here today as we conclude this series completely persuaded and fully convinced that we are called to not just be the church, but be the Jesus people again, people who are marked after our big brother. So Father, come, have your way in our lives mess us up today God not a one of us in this house is in need of a refurbishing a need of a redemption a need of a reworking and a repositioning God make us and mark us look more like your son Jesus Holy Spirit come have your way equip your sons and daughters with your gifts that all may prophesy that all may heal that all may talk in tongues and may all be able to distinguish between spirits Lord we need that gift of distinguishing spirits now potentially more than ever so, Father God, come, have your way in this place, and we'll be careful to get out the way and give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, a faithful church said, amen. amen. Confidence, cries, tears, and thrones. Confidence, cries, tears, and thrones. Man, I really have loved this. I really love this series, and honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, I... Uh, I feel very privileged. I feel very privileged to be alive in this hour. I feel very privileged to be a pastor in this hour. I feel very privileged to be called in this hour. I feel very privileged to get to be the pastor of this church in front of all of you and do life with you. And no matter how gritty my life is or how gritty your life is, we're just in this thing together to see each other perfected in Christ given unto the day of salvation, amen? And I gotta tell you, the Jesus People Series has been a gift for me. And I hope and I pray it's been a gift to you as well, because it's been an honor to not just preach it to you, but to have it preached to me first. Because man, we've talked about it for 12 weeks now. We can look into the world, and it is on the fast track, fast track to hell. And there needs to be some watchmen and some watch women on the wall and saying not on my watch i will not give rest to my eyes until not only does the lord come but my my entire generation is given over to revival amen we are in deep need of the work of jesus christ on the cross that is finished the world may be coming undone but the work is finished amen so how many of you know jesus is still the answer And you and I, we are the administers. That's why he calls us ministers. We administer the cure. We administer the medication. We administer Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we do, the Jesus people. And so I just look right now and, man, it's clear to me. It is clear to me that there is a God-sized hole in our world and in our culture. And I seem to feel, I, I feel like, There's a God-sized hole that has seeped its way into the church, and there's a part of us that I don't know if they stole it from us or we stole it from them, but we seem to be mimicking and, and imitating the world in a way where, man, we're just not, not only are we not content, we're just willing to let anything in right now. We're willing to let any person in, any voice in, any idea in. We have this God-sized hole just like the world does. In the world, they go about it trying to fill it with anything. And anybody, their appetite is unsatiated. And they're just like, oh, yeah, sex, let it in. Oh, yeah, money, let it in. Houses, let it in. Many spouses, many partners, let it in. Cars, fame, the whole nine yards, let it in. I got this God-sized hole and I am trying to fill it with anything under the sun in the sky, not the sun in the heavens. And then there's the church. There's you and me. And there seems to be this thing that we have forgotten. We have forgotten. No matter what's going on out there, no matter what's going on in Washington, no matter what's going on in Russia or China or on Twitter, we still have the God who's more than enough. We still have the God that's more than enough. We still have the God who's more than enough. And I'm going to say it until we get this through our thick Western skulls. We still have the God who is more than enough. Do you believe it today? Because like the world trying to fill it with things, we keep trying to fill our God-sized hole with God's things. But God's things aren't more than enough. They're still just God's things. They're good. They're great. But it could be better. God himself is more than enough enough. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? We are mimicking the world where we're just going, God give me all your things. And he's like, quit trying to get from me and start trying to get with me. Quit trying to get from me and start trying to get with me. I'm not looking for a people who are trying to get from me. I'm looking for a people in West Michigan who are willing to get with me who are willing to inconvenience themselves to be with me, who are willing to go without in the natural that they might gain in the supernatural. Why? To be with me. Here's the deal, friends. The world's trying to fill themselves with things. We're trying to fill ourselves with God things. And God's saying, no, 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 no. I, myself, the person of God is still more than enough. Because here's the deal about God's gifts. God's gifts without God's heart will lead you to be arrogant. God's gifts without God's hearts will lead you in arrogance. God's gifts without God's spirits will lead you under the false illusion that you are awesome. That Matt is awesome. Man, I'm so awesome. Five people just got healed in service. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on gyra. Bless up, Lord. We just sound stupid. Oh my gosh. I want to vomit after saying that, Okay. But that's so often, thank you, but that's so often how we treat this thing. But friends, can I just encourage your spirit today? We still serve the, our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven on earth below. From heaven, you know what I'm saying? He's still the awesome God. I cannot tell you today the most awesome part about you is Lord Jesus. Jesus. The most awesome part about you is the Holy Spirit. The most awesome part about you is what God has chosen to place on the inside of you. Friends, if we try to do this thing, if we try to be the Jesus people, if we try to go and mobilize and be a holy nation, like the Word of God calls us, a royal priesthood, like the Word of God calls us, if we try to be the sons and daughters of the Most High God, but we try to do it in our own image, in our own likeness, and not His image and not His likeness, we will become arrogant. We will become conceited. We will become Prideful. And honestly, we'll be like a lot of large leaders in our world. and the history, 5,000 years of human history, we have so many of them. We're gifted, we're called, we're placed in high places. And yet they use the word of God and the gifts of God against God and God's people. And you and I, the second we think that we're above that and we can take some of that awesomeness for ourselves, friends, we are in trouble. I am telling you he gives good gifts. He is a good good father. All these things are true but man the second we think we're the awesome one in the relationship. We are doomed. We are doomed. I love the gifts We're going to grow in gifts. We've been growing in gifts. Crazier things are happening, but friends, can I tell you the most important thing, and you and I, this is why we have to conclude this series on this. The most important gift God has ever given us is not simply the gifts of tongues. It's not simply the gift of healing. It's not simply the gift of prophecy or any other gift. It's not simply provision when you just all of a sudden get some money from heaven. It's not those gifts. The most significant and important chief gift that you and I have on this earth is the presence of God himself the presence of God himself but friends can I just tell you this morning the Lord told me a few weeks back when I was smushed into this concrete up here preach what you want to see Preach what you want to see. He released so much from me. That that mandate right there just took so much. I had lead backpacks on carrying this church going, oh, I I got this person going through this, and I got this person going through this, and this person's going through this. And it's like, how do I serve all these masters? And he's like, serve me. Preach what I want to see in your church. Preach what you want to see in your church. Preach what the word of God says. And he's like, we're not going to preach where people are because that might help them grow through it. But it doesn't help them grow beyond it. It doesn't help them overcome it. You got to start giving mile markers. You got to start saying, this is where we're going. People without vision will perish. We got to start preaching vision. This is who we are. This is where we're going. And this is what we're going to do. Amen? And I got to tell you, I want to see a church a people a Jesus people in our region who value the gift of God himself above every other gift. I want to see a church that values the presence of God over every other other gift. I want to see a church that's not waiting for a song to finish or a preacher to shut his mouth. I want to see a church consumed with their hands and knees, saturating this concrete with tears and saying, God, your presence is enough this is why I'm here, this is what I want, this is what I desire, this is why I came, this is why I'm here. Every single thing we do here at Takeover Church is to make sure that we are valuing and we are placing the presence and person of God on his rightful place in our lives and in our church and in our region from the prayer meetings at 6 a.m. here on Fridays to our Sunday services to our community nights where we take over Millennium Park and we get obnoxious but it's awesome or we got boys and babe crew or we got our Ignite nights or our worship nights or our prayer nights. Everything we do is to value and make sure more than anything our God knows. Matt, Reed, Adrian, Topher, Josh, Phil, Deb. We The Jesus people value your presence. But so often, friends, so often, we don't have the same value system as God does. We don't. You see, God, God values being in your presence so much that he killed Jesus on a cross simply so that you and I could have relationship with him. God values your time and my time far more than we value his time true he proved it with jesus what have we proved it with god values being in our presence so much more than we value being in his and friends i think that's a huge problem i think that is a massive issue in the church and the bride of christ today man i long to see a bride in west michigan that wants to say you know what god I want to rival you in how much you love being in my presence with how much I love being in your presence. You know why we don't, though? Because we have this underbelly, this undersea little thought in our head that goes, well, how is that even possible? Surely, Pastor Matt, you don't think uh, lowly me can... uh, Ever outdo my longing to be with the Lord for his longing to be with me. And there's this undercurrent, this undersea, this underbelly within all of us. And we have this thought, how can we, so why should we even try? How can we, so why should we even try? How can we, so why should we even try? Two things. One, Jesus said all things are possible for the person who has God. So Jesus just owned all of us in the face. And two, and two, God values being in our presence, and he values a people. He will move on behalf of a people. He will get close to a people who have decided we value your time as well. You see, friends, the crazy thing is, is that we, we spend a lot of time in church preaching on, uh, you know, sex and marriage and singleness and purity. We spend a lot of time in the church at large, right, preaching on these things that, that are clearly from God, that are clearly given to us by God. But one of the things that we spend zero time, zilch, zero, not a time, preaching about is time. It's time. Everything that God created had purpose, From the amoebas in the ocean on the floor of it that we'll never know about, that we'll never see, that we'll never see moving. In the ecosystem called earth, in the kingdom of heaven, every little creature, big and or small, has a purpose, including a very large creature called time. But we don't ever want to talk about that. The reason we don't is because, friends, we simply do not share the same value system that God does. You see, heaven's value system is that his presence here is heaven now. His presence in this room is heaven now. His presence should be like heaven to us. That is a gift from God for here and now. His presence is heaven now. But we live our lives going, well, why would I spend my temporal in his presence when I'm going to do that for all with the eternal. I'm going to spend eternity, so why would I make a big deal out of doing it in the temporary? Now we don't make that confession out loud because we're afraid we'll get struck by lightning or Pastor Matt's going to correct us, but we live our lives that way. Our lives make that confession. Our lives make that confession. You want to know how I know? What you do with your time tells me exactly what you value. What I do with my time tells you exactly what I value. And guess what God did with his time? He killed Jesus, put him on a cross, sent him down here, did the whole kit and caboodle, resurrected him, defeated hell, sin, death, and the grave, all so that he could have a relationship with you and me here and now. Or later. Here and forever. God proved how much he values time how much he values being in our presence has the church has the christian has you and me have we proven to him how much we value being with him his presence is the most powerful thing about him his presence is actually his person and friends time has a god given purpose Are you spending your time according to time's God-given purpose? Hear me today. Get that deep down inside. You have an honest evaluation of yourself and your life with Jesus because it's supposed to take over everything, right? That's the name of the church. Jesus didn't come to take part in our lives. He came to take over our lives. Amen. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? But man, for a lot of us, he doesn't take over our time, does he? He doesn't take over our time. His presence hasn't eclipsed my person. Time has a God-given purpose. Are we spending it on our God-given purpose? See, here's the deal. God made time and we get to spend time. Are we honoring him by spending it with him? God made time and we get to spend time. He made it, we spend it. Just like every other dad in the house, amen? All the dads are like, say it again. Hope my kids hear it. Dad makes it, kids spend it. Are we honoring dad? Are we honoring Abba? Are we honoring God the Father in heaven with how we spend our time? Because how we spend our time, what should be significant about that is spending our time on him on him i want to be found spending my time on him i want to be driven to tears by spending my time on him i want to be so moved by the presence of god i don't want to wait till i get to heaven to experience him Why are we living lives waiting till we get to heaven to spend time in the presence of God? He has a purpose for his presence now. He has a purpose for his presence in this plane, in this room, in our lives, in our workspaces, in our rooms. He has a plan for his presence in our prayer closets. He has a plan for his presence in our relationships. He has a plan for his presence to invade, infiltrate, and take over every single space and crevice on this earth. And yet we often live completely oblivious to it. He has a purpose for his presence in this earth and are we the bride going, I'll stay up late, I'll wait. I'll be here. Are we the bride that's getting up early saying, come Lord Jesus, come. Are we a bride who's saying, yes Lord, use me, send me, meet me here, however you want to do it. You have my time, tension, treasures and talents. You have it all, God. Because God put that all on the line and yet we live lives with it on reserve. God relinquished Jesus killed him in a mortal death that had eternal consequences. Yeah. And for three days, Jesus was dead in hell, separated from himself. and God put to death part of him. Also that you and I could have relationship with him, also that He let's put it this way, also that He could have relationship with you. And we can't even put ourselves to death enough to be at church on Sundays. We can't even put ourselves to death enough to spend 15 minutes with him, five in prayer, five in the word, and five in worship on the daily. We have very different value systems than heaven does. But I came to preach to a church that one day will say, I value God the way he values me. I want to be a Jesus people that says it's cooler than just a sweet graphic. It's better than just a t-shirt. Takeover is cooler than just sweet branding. No, no, no. I actually have here, now, not waiting to die Had the same value system of him that he has for me. I want to... I think if we just stopped for a second and we just thought about it and and we just went, God, would you just mess me up? I want to value you the way you value me. How can you value me that much? Would you just spark that in me? Would you just give me a taste of that? Would you just begin to equip me with it? Like, God, just give me a yearning. I want more than your gifts, Father. I want you. I see, friends, gifts, (sighs) gifts aren't intended to be worshipped, the giver is. And his gifts should turn us around to him every single time. Not so we can go get more gifts from him, but so that we can go and spend more time with him. If God uses you to heal somebody, you should be at this altar with your face buried in the concrete because he's so good to you. If he gives you a word of prophecy for another person, your face should be buried in the concrete in your prayer closet. Man, if he just provides for you any which way, it should just draw you back into his presence saying, God, thank you. Thank you for valuing me the way that you value me. would you just resurrect whatever it is in me that still doesn't yet value you the way that you value me? Jesus, come on. You did everything so that I, so that you could die and live again, so that I could die and you could live this life through me. Would you resurrect in me a value system that values the presence of God, the way God values the presence of man, the way that God values the presence of women, the way that God values the presence... Of man, God. And that we would be a people so moved, so moved, that there would be a thing standing in our way that says, that's not going to keep me from the presence of God. (sighs) If I could write a new psalm, I would say, I'd steal half of it from David, and I would say, as for me and my house, we will be found in the presence of God. We will be found. In the presence of God. There is nothing else. You know what's interesting about the presence of God? The gifts of God? The presence is God's greatest gift to his bride. At least in this side of heaven. Believe that. But it's his greatest gift. But you know what's interesting about gifts? If someone gets you a gift that you already have a predetermined love and or like or value for yourself, how many of you know you don't value that gift? If someone gifts you something that you're not into, that isn't your thing, that you don't really already have a pre-existing value for, how many of you know you do not value that gift? The church today, Takeover Church, Matt McClure, we need to ask the Lord, Birth in me a value for the gift of your presence. Because I want to walk in the church every single opportunity I have. I want to be found in the, in the presence of my brothers and sisters where two or more are gathered in your name, Jesus. There you are in the midst of us. And I want to see it as a gift. And I want to cherish it as such. And I want to take it out. And I want to play with it. And I want to have show and tell with it. And I want to run and tell all my friends about it. I want to value the gift of your presence the way you value me and my presence Am I preaching to anybody this morning confidence cries tears and thrones and so I love the Apostle Paul he's writing the book of Hebrews and he's writing to these Jewish believers these people who used to be Jews but are now Christians have now become home to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior have laid down waiting for a Messiah and have recognized he's already come and He saved my soul these are now Christians they're just Hebrew Christians and Paul's writing them, and he starts this thing off. He starts this thing off, and I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. He's talking about Sabbath. He's talking about Sabbath, which if you know about Jewish history and Jewish relationship with God, Sabbath on Saturdays is a big deal. What a Sabbath? Sabbath to the Jews at the time simply meant not producing, not producing. They took a day to not produce. They took a day To not produce, to not work, to not create, to not bring anything into the world. To not produce in the world. That's Sabbath. We all got it down? But what Paul is speaking to here is the greater rest that we have in Jesus. The one that Sabbath alone, he says it. That You'll give into disobedience. But this greater Sabbath found in Christ, none will be led into disobedience. What does that mean? It means this. He's starting off. He's saying, listen, 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 listen. Sabbath is still part of our practice. Sabbath is still part of our call. Sabbath is still a part of the Christian life. This is a carryover, but it's been made better. It's been redeemed. Hold up, Paul. What do you mean? Paul's talking about not only do we Sabbath and take a break from producing in the world... But we take a sabbath and we allow God to produce in us you see sabbath without his presence isn't sabbath that's just self-care sabbath isn't un- unplugging and watching football and eating nachos sabbath is unplugging from the rat race of the life not producing in the world and plugging into the presence of God and letting God produce in you if you are sabbathing Resting in the Lord while not actually spending any time in his presence. Friends, that's not Sabbath. That's self-care. That's not Sabbath. That's selfish. That's not Sabbath. Somebody say, that's not Sabbath. that's not Sabbath. Bottom line, that's not Sabbath. So many of us, we vacation the wrong way. And this isn't even my notes. I'm just sick and tired of hearing it. Oh my God, I feel like I need a vacation for my vacation. You did Sabbath right. No, I'm, I'm done. The gloves are off. It's over. We don't have time for this booty anymore. You didn't Sabbath right. You went on a vacation and you made a bunch of plans and you had a bunch of things to do and you wanted to make a bunch of memories and God was like, how about you just make your presence known in my presence and you were like, nah, I'm going to Disney World. And you know what? Hate's going to grow in my heart for this park, for those people, for those poor workers, for my kids, for my spouse, for the people on the airline, for everybody. And I'm going to get back even more stressed, not blessed, angry. And guess who didn't have any of my time, gifts, or talents, or treasures? God. It's not Christianity. It's Western. I ain't with it. You shouldn't be either. Vacation's great. Make sure you're Sabbathing when you do it. Adrian and I sure as heck will be. Because guess what? It's not simply unplugging for the sake of unplugging. It's unplugging from the world and the rat race that is life and plugging into the presence of God. It's pausing, producing in the world so that God can produce in you. Come on. So Jesus, I love Jesus. So Paul's like, reason why that's Sabbath now It's because we have Jesus and of course. The Hebrews are like, yeah, yeah, we like Jesus. He's cool. He gives us dope stuff. We can all heal and stuff now before we had to wait for prophets. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Jesus is awesome and they love it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but you don't really understand how awesome he is. Remember those high priests back in the day? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Melchizedek, both king and priest. Yeah, yeah. Just like that, except greater. And the Jews' mind were blown. And you and I, we don't understand this because we're not Jewish and nor are we, you know, 2,000 years ago. We don't value these things the way that God values them, I and mean, we need to start doing it because here's why. Why Jesus is the greater high priest? Why is he the chief? Why is he the chief pastor? Why is he the great king? Why is he above everything? Why is he king of kings and lord of lords? Why? See, high priests at the time, they did the killing, but Jesus was killed high priest at the time they were they sacrificed but Jesus himself is the sacrifice Jesus is the greater high priest because he doesn't just cover your sins by killing an animal he covers your sins by killing himself my preaching to anybody this morning. This is why the high priest of Christ is so important. This is why he is greater than every other prophet. This is why he is God high and mighty and lifted up. This is why he lived a sinless, blameless life, and then at the end of it, sacrificed himself for you and me to pay a debt we never could. Every other, every other high priest of the time, they would slay the animals, spread the blood for your sin. But Jesus was the animal, Jesus was slayed, Jesus' blood was spread, and it has the way of covering anyone who comes home to know him. And this is important because here's the deal, want to know one of the reasons I don't think we're found in the presence of God, one of the reasons we don't have the same value system as the kingdom of heaven has value system for us, you want to know why? I feel like we're afraid to know God. We're afraid. More than that, we're afraid to have God know us. See here's the deal, here's the deal, we're in America, we're Christians, okay, 2022, here's the deal. We are so uncomfortable with mystery on his end of the relationship, but we are incredibly comfortable on mystery on our side of the relationship. Oh no, I can't believe a God, I got to know everything. The Bible, is it accurate, is this accurate, what about evolution, what about this, what about that, what about this, That, 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 all those things, right? That's how we live our lives no I gotta know explain it to me show me historically all of it I want proof no pics no proof didn't happen that's how we live our Christian lives we are uncomfortable with mystery on his end while being incredibly comfortable with mystery on our end we want to know everything there is to know about God but we want to keep him in arm's distance and not let him know everything oh, about us God. it's true wanna why because Paul says this Paul's like you don't get it you don't get. I feel like Paul used the word son a lot you don't get it son You don't get it, you know? He's a little John Dutton as well. Jewish John Dutton. You don't get it, son. It's the ranch. And on the ranch here, Jesus, his word, is sharper than any double-edged sword. It's able to pierce, hear me, friends, between soul and spirit. And there is a difference. It's able to pierce between bone and marrow. It can get in the slightest little crack and if there isn't one, it will create one and it will separate. And then he goes on to say this, and guess what? We don't like that because of expose. But then he goes on to say this. He says, not only is the word of God sharper than any double-edged sword, he says, every creature on the earth is already known to him you're already exposed. You're already wide open. You are already naked before the Lord and you don't even know it and you will give account for everything that you do. Pause right there. That scares the hell out of us, but it doesn't scare the hell out of us enough to get the hell out of us. That scares the hell out of us, but not enough to actually scare the hell out of us. You see, here's the deal. We hear that And we think we can just keep this projection up because here's the deal. We are more, besides God himself, as this verse clearly states, you and I, we are far more aware of our flaws and our indiscretions and our issues than anybody else in our lives outside of God. And so what do we do? We cover up. We look dope. We put an Instagram filter on our entire lives and I get to project to you the image of me I want to see. But with God, we can't project an image good enough that would eclipse how he sees us. He already sees us as we truly are, not as we project to be. God sees you as you truly are, not as you project to be. You can keep everybody else at arm's distance. Not let them get close enough to see the real you. God already has. God already does. He doesn't care about the image you project. He cares about the image he is creating in you. He cares about the image he is producing in you. And I preach to anybody this morning, God sees you not as you project, but as you really are. And the image he hopes to produce within you. And honestly, again, that scares and terrifies us all. At the end of all the, all the list, all the reasons, why weren't you at church? Why weren't you a part of this? Why weren't you there? Why weren't you doing this? All of the bogus excuses that you and I as human beings have, and I have them myself, friends, okay? I have them myself. At the end of it, the bottom of that list, deep down, the real issue, the real symptom, the real curse that we're all struggling and fighting with is that we really want to know everything about him but we don't want him to know everything about us but the reality is he already does I think most of us if we were literally forced today not in heaven but right now if we had like a little magical box over here that you could walk into and you would be right just in the most like succinct presence of God and you knew that he saw every single thing about you you would run terrified in the other direction You would reject him because you would have fear that he would reject you. But here's the deal. High priest Jesus. Somebody say, high priest Jesus. High priest Priest Jesus. High priest Jesus. Jesus, he already knows you completely, but loves you emphatically. He already knows you completely but loves you emphatically. What's emphatic mean? Force, without relent, completely. He knows you entirely, but loves you emphatically. And that is what leads us to the next verse in the scripture. And Paul says, this is why. You have confidence to approach the throne of God boldly. God knows you entirely. He loves you emphatically. And that gives confidence to what? Approach the throne boldly. Because Jesus already loves you and knows you completely. This is where our confidence comes from. But most of us, we're too scared to spend that time with God because we want to keep him at an arm's distance. And he's like, I already know you. And the fact that I know you entirely and love you emphatically should produce a confidence in you the size of boldness that you would run into my presence. That you would run into my presence. He says that confidence, confidence to enter the throne of God boldly, and you would find help in your time of need. You would find help in your time of need. Problem is, we're still playing keep away with ourselves. And he's going, I'm not getting off my throne. You have to come here. You have to come here. The problem is, Christians, we will pray enough to relieve the pressure in our life, but not to relieve heaven of its presence. We will pray enough to relieve our conscience, but we don't pray enough to relieve heaven of his presence. We'll pray enough We'll pull the relief valve on our life. We'll release some stress. We'll release some pressure. We'll pray one time, two times, three times, maybe for a single situation that relieves pressure in our life, but not enough to release his presence over our lives. He's like, no, no, you got to come into the throne room. You don't only come into the throne room. You come to the throne. Some of us will pray enough to get in the door of the throne room, but we won't stay there long enough to get to his throne. See, he's looking for an armrest on his throne that's saturated in tears by his bride, by his people, by his sons, by his daughters, but we're standing in the doorway of the throne room going, well, yep, my car blew up. God, I need another car. All right, anyways, gotta get to work, cool. And this is how we live our lives. But that's never been how the church has been. Matt, this idea of church doesn't exist, doesn't fit into 2022. Who said? Who said the world who said seeker-friendly Christianity who said who said because I know what Jesus says I know what the word of God says I know what those who walked and talked and lived and did life with Jesus says I know what the people who saw the miraculous happen every single day in their lives I know what they say well Matt that possibly couldn't happen why because our lives are too busy for the presence of God. We got too many things we got to get done that don't have any kingdom value at all. Too many things that are just going to wash away with this earth when it comes to the, the content and character and conviction of someone's soul. Like, of course this can work, but it's not going to work in the doorway of the throne room. It only works at the feet of the throne of Lord Jesus am I preaching to anybody this morning? And Jesus, he is our example. He is our example. I said Jesus is our example. He is our example. He says literally in his word, Jesus was the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Firstborn. Do you know who the brothers and sisters are? The resurrected the bride, the sons and daughters of the Most High God, the adopted, the church, the ecclesia, you and me, we, the whosoever's calling the name of Jesus, confess in their hearts and believe. We're the brothers and sisters. And so Jesus, he's our great example, and I'm so grateful for this. Listen, friends. He gives us that confidence. But not only does he give us the confidence, he gives us the example and in that first part of, or that last part of Hebrews 5 that we read, and he starts talking about it. He's like, see, Jesus, he's a different high priest. See, Jesus, his, his persecution, his suffering, it allowed him to be perfected. But Jesus was, Jesus was perfected because of, his, because of his reverence for God. His reverence for God, his awe of God, his struck by God, his wonder of God. Wonder of himself, wonder of Holy Spirit, wonder of God. He revered it. He feared it. He was struck by it. He was like, wow. And guess what that caused him to do? It says that he lifted up daily prayers, supplication, deep cries, and tears. Now, prayers we get. We pray all the time. We pray all the time. A lot of us are praying, we don't even know, and we're just like, please God, get me through another day. Please God, like we're just saying these things, like willy-nilly, like it's not a big deal, but it's a big deal. But here's the deal, again, you'll pray enough to get into the throne room, but not to spend time at his throne. Because here's what Jesus says, he says, supplication all throughout scripture you hear these words married together prayers and supplication prayers and supplication supplication and thanksgiving supplication and i think a lot of christians today we don't use that word a whole lot um, but it's actually something we're really familiar with we just don't know the plane of it can i tell you what supplication means begging prayers and begging wait what yeah, Jesus himself, God, 3 1, 1 in 3, God himself begged himself for more of himself. What? That doesn't make sense. Jesus was a beggar. Matt, that's heresy. No. Jesus begged. You want to know why Jesus begged? Because begging begets breakthrough. Begging begets breakthrough breakthrough I wonder friends I wonder what your personal life looks like my personal life would look like what my supernatural existence on this earth would look like if I stopped simply just filling out a prayer card and asking a pastor to beg for me but I went to my father and I begged to him myself what kind of breakthrough would I experience in my marriage if I just need Pastor Adrienne to beg God for me, but I begged God for me? What if the only time I wasn't on my knees is when Adrienne says a prayer praise, I'm going to get on my knees? What if we were found with a beggarly spirit? Well, no, Matt, I'm a son of the Most High God. I'm a daughter of the most high God. I'm a princess because my daddy's the king of kings. True, sweetheart. You also need to learn how to beg. Why? Because Jesus did. Am I going to argue with that? No. Well, I need a better reason. I'm, I'm good with the mystery of it. Why did God beg himself? To show us. Begging but gets breakthrough every single time. Some of us will throw up some prayers, we'll throw up a Hail Mary, we'll throw up a prayer going, God, if you could, if you would. But how many of us are spending actual time driven to the point of tears Come on. begging God? I'm not moving from this position until I feel your presence and have your breakthrough. God, would you come? God, would you move? God, would you change me or change them, whatever it takes to revive my marriage? Would you God? Where are the Christians that are beggars? Where are the sons and daughters that aren't too cool for school, who aren't so dignified that they're not gonna be given into their destiny, but they're willing to say, I will beg for the things of God. I want to be a beggar. Keep your prominence. Keep your fame. Keep your notoriety. Keep your mega church. I want to be a beggar where the presence of God brings breakthrough daily. I appreciate anybody this morning. I know we're quiet because this is the part that we don't advertise. Hey, come and take over church. We want to see Jesus take over our region. Yeah. That's what we say. What we should really say is come and take over church. We spend half the time begging. What? Yeah, we're a bunch of beggars. Takeover beggars. It's our soccer team name. Terrible. The jerseys suck. We look homeless. But it's real Christianity. How do I know it's real Christianity? Because it's what Jesus did. It's how he lived his life. It's how he lived his life. And he said, given over to suffering and this whole thing, begging, pleading, crying, tears, deep cries and tears are how Jesus lived his life. And it's still how he lives on the throne. It's still how he reigns supreme. It's still who he is. And he's waiting for a bride that begs. Problem is, we ain't meek enough or humble enough to do it. But God gives, what? Grace to the humble. The meek shall, what? Inherit the earth. And God does what? He resists the prideful. The sinful, he does what? Gives them over to their flesh. He's like, beg. Why? Because he has to have some sort of power complex on us, 2022? No! No! Because Jesus did. I don't need another reason. I don't need another answer. I have an example of the perfect Christ. He begged himself. He begged his father. Holy Spirit himself also says, man, I am not going to boast on my own accord, but only boast in what I see father doing. Jesus said, I only do what my father does and hear what my father says and repeats it. That's who God is. Worship team, you can make your way up here. That's who he is. And in just a moment, I don't, need the, I don't need the core team to come up here, but we're going to sing a song called Rest On Us. But I'm preaching to you today because I want to see a Jesus people that beg. I want to see a bride that is found on her knees. I want to see a bride who is driven to deep cries and tears, friends. Jesus was driven to deep cries and tears. Why are those different words? Why is that separated? Why is there that distinction? Because they are different. They are different. Deep cries are those, those urgent. Deep cries are those beggarly, ugh, That when you're so full of tears, you're so upset, you're so disturbed, you just can't even get words out. There's a deep groan. And that's the type of groan and cry Jesus had where he's just like, ah! And it terrifies us. But God himself did it. And I wonder what would happen if a bride was found on her knees. And she's just like, would you come? I think about how often we're driven to deep groans and tears in the natural, but none of it for the supernatural. Oh no, 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 we'll be, di- we'll be, we'll be driven to... <laughs> because a girl broke up with us. You're driven to more deep cries and groans for a girl breaking up with you than breakthrough in your generation. You're more driven to deep groans and cries because you didn't get the promotion at work even though God has already supplied all of your needs, then you are Him healing the person next to you. God, why did they, they, they past me over? And Jesus is like, I wish you would beg. I wish you would show God that much affection. I wish you would care about all the people going to hell in your generation as much as you care about your promotion as much as you care I wish you would groan for breakthrough I wish you would be tear riddled for breakthrough in your generation God knows you God sees you God is calling you out of the shallow end of the pool he's saying listen here I numbered the hairs on your head I picked out your eye color I designed your smile 2022, yes, I decided your gender for you. You're welcome. I put my spirit in you when I created this thing called the human being, and I breathe my spirit, and I Spoke to your lungs and I told them to breathe and I tapped on your heart and I told it to beat. and I gave you a God-given purpose and destiny lock stock with talents and giftings to do something amazing in this earth apart from me You'll bring glory to yourself, but with me You will bring glory to me and by way of that breakthrough in the nation's revival in your region marriage is restored purity given holiness and set apart people you will be found being a Jesus people will you get undignified would you stand church would you stand we're going to start singing in just a second I promise I'm done but would you get undignified would you groan before the Lord would you decide today I'm not leaving without the Lord having my tears I'm not leaving without the Lord having my groan I'm not leaving without the Lord having my dignity Jesus' dignity was forfeited on the cross by him and our dignity can't even be given over to him on a Sunday at a prayer meeting in our marriage. Jesus didn't get to keep his dignity. Why are we trying to? i want to be found as a church in west michigan man how great would it be how great would it be if we were known in our city as the begging church yeah i went there one time it's kind of weird they were just begging god the whole time and then the preacher was spitting everywhere doesn't he know COVID's a thing like he was yelling i thought like he yelled at me begging god for something probably my life but i don't know like how great would it be if we were known for the same thing that jesus is known for here in hebrews 5. what if we were known in our region yeah man their worship might go too long and he might preach too long but but i know i can go to takeover church and they will help me beg god i will have breakthrough when i go there i can call them and i know their leadership and their people even i got friends that simply go there and they just serve on the worship team and they will beg god for me what if we were known what do you want to be known for, Jesus people? Who do you want to be known by? Why do you want to be known for it? I want to be known in the presence of God over being known on social media platforms. I want to be known for the presence of God than my politics. I want to be known in heavenly places more than amongst other famous faces. We're done with it. We're done with it, we're going back. We're going back to an early church. We're going back to a primitive people who had a very real God and they understood it and they knew it and they would sacrifice and give anything to experience it and have it, amen? So we're gonna sing We're gonna sing, come down, spear when you move, make my heart pound when you fill the room. And we're gonna begin singing it. And I wanna invite you, because I'm going to. I'm gonna take off my flannel, which was a stupid idea today, and I'm gonna cry on this concrete. And I'm gonna beg God for my generation. I'm gonna beg God for Grand Rapids. I'm gonna beg God for Door and Byron, and Waylon, and Rockford, and Cedar Springs, and Walker. And I'm gonna beg God for it all. I'm gonna beg God for your salvation. I'm gonna beg God for your girlfriends. I'm gonna beg God for your boyfriends. I'm gonna beg God for your marriages. And I'm gonna beg God for your kids. Will you come join me? Can we get beggarly today? I know it's not pretty. I know it's not hype. I know it's raw, real, and unfiltered, just like Jesus on the cross. Come let us beg. I'm gonna be down front. Beg with me. If you gotta go, you gotta go. But if you wanna beg and see breakthrough, let's do it.